Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. I'm Jordan, fresh off of a crazy set of sports trips that I had to take with a couple of my cousins. Shout out California Sports Excursion 2, but I am not alone tonight. I am joined first by my boy Jay. How you doing, bro? Doing good, bro. I'm doing really, really good, man. I enjoyed myself when you was out here, you and your cousins and, and your homie, man. It was, it was a good time. It was a really good time. The game didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but, you know, nonetheless, man, um, I enjoyed myself after the game. Yeah, really good seeing you out there. The trip was crazy for everybody listening quickly. I went to California. I hit up a hockey game in San Jose. Caught overtime. Was about 20 seconds away from penalty penalty shots there. Sharks lost 6-5 to five to the Canucks. I went to the went to SoFi Stadium, which for everybody listening, if you have not been there, that place is a city. That's I just still haven't way. Been, yeah, I, I knew you lived right down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Still yeah, I covered damn near two states and went there to go see that place. It's <laughs> It's in, it's just absolutely insane. You, everyone sees in the YouTube videos. You watch games on the weekends. You know it looks amazing. Get there yourself. It's just it's unbelievable, unbelievable. And then uh, day after that, we were up in the Bay Area. I caught rematch of the finals, NBA Finals. Warriors took care of business over the Celtics. Even the Chase Center, that is unlike any other basketball arena I have ever seen in my life. Just absolutely, absolutely dope. And then on Sunday, I got to see Tom Brady in person, check one off the bucket list, uh, as Brock Purdy mania took over <laughs> Levi Stadium. It was absolutely dope from like the first time he hit a completion, just the stadium after like his second or third touchdown, the energy just picked up. Purdy, Purdy. And it was just really dope to be there and to experience that and just to see the whole fan base just hop on his back. And just no one really thought they'd be here. And here they are just with at least him being at the helm doing it well so awesome to be back on the mic though uh we will be joined by chase after we cover our first of three games this week that we're going to preview chase of course going to help you out in your fantasy playoffs or if you're not in the playoffs like myself he will help you with some daily lineups as well so we're going to kick this one off with the thursday night football matchup between the jacksonville jaguars heading to metlife stadium to host the jets both of these teams right now are kind of on different trajectories the Jets started off at one point were five and two. We all remember at that point in the season when that was. Now they sit at seven and seven. Meanwhile, the Jaguars, though, had one step, one stretch where they were two and six, who now sit here at six and eight. And I want to start this off with a like a touch in on both of these quarterbacks that we're going to see. The previous number one and number two overall picks from last year's draft when Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And Jay, I want to tee it up to you like this. Primarily start with Trevor Lawrence. How good is this kid right now? Dude is having, bro, Trevor Lawrence is definitely, I mean, he's only been in the league for two years. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's clear as day that this year is definitely his best year so far. He's got hopefully many more years to come. But this, he's having a great year, bro. I mean, he's completing 66% of his passes, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I mean, just, just statistics alone. And then when you watch, when you watch him play, bro, the way he's breaking down defenses, the way he's getting his wide receivers, making sure his backs, everybody is set up correctly and knowing what they're doing on the offense. This is just a totally different QB, man. And he looks a whole lot more confident than he did last year. Now, obviously, you know, they had the Urban Meyer situation going on last year. So, I mean, I, I think we kind of talked about this earlier into the season when mm -hmm. they were two and one. We talked about his confidence. We talked about how better he was playing. But now here we are, man, week 16. And he's still playing at a very high level. They've lost some games. Obviously, they, they, they might not. They're still in the playoff hunt. I don't mm -hmm. have them making it. 
but a lot of it is because of his play, bro. A lot of it is because of his play. Um, you and, and another thing you got to give credit to is the running game haven't even been like as good as you would hoped it to be. They did run the they did run the ball well this past week, but outside of right. that, they've been up and down. You know, throughout the all throughout the season, and Trevor Lawrence has been a guy really carrying this team. He's been carrying this team. You got to give credit to Doug Peterson that's over there, man. You know the the magic that he's working with Trevor Lawrence. Um, the wide receivers over there, man. You got my boy Marvin Jones. He's over there. He's playing well. You got Zay Jones, who Jordan we know of, we know very well from 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 the Raider days and whatnot, man. Uh, so you got you just got everybody really coming together on that offense. And yeah, man, he I mean, he, he's balling. It's nothing much really to say. Totally different QB than, than the other guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's totally different. Totally from different. The other guy, man. Totally different. Trevor is, I think the numbers you touched on them and to even go a little deeper to them, especially with me, it's it's this last like month and a half, two month stretch that we have seen from Trevor. Right. That's just been really impressive to me where I'm like, we, we all we all remember how highly touted he was coming out of Clemson, best prospect since Andrew Luck, all that stuff. It just took him a little bit longer compared to some of the order, other quarterbacks that we have seen hit the ground running. And right. it's really dope to see it. And these past six weeks, just to get a little bit deeper in the numbers, since week nine this would be, his PFF passing grade is second only to Joe Burrow in that time frame with a 91. In that same time frame, he has 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, also ran one in. He has a 6.1% big-time throw weight that PFF tracks. Basically, it's like, how many dimes, like absolute ridiculous throws are you throwing? He's at right. 6.1%. That's top five in the NFL in that time frame. He also has a hundred or 111.7 passer rating in general. And with the thing with me that jumps out when I like go back and watch him on film, the thing that I'm just loving seeing with him, his timing on his drops, understanding when to get rid of the ball quickly, when to take what's there, the timing with his receivers, right. where to put the ball versus certain coverages. And primarily the thing that I want a lot of people to watch this weekend when watching Trevor Lawrence is watch his throws to the sideline that come from the opposite hash. So what that is, is throws to the field when he's on the right hash and he's making a throw to the left side numbers on like an outbreaker. That's a lot of distance the ball has to travel. And there's not a ton of quarterbacks who can consistently make throws to that area or even attempt throws to that area. Because those are very, very hard throws. Ball's got to travel a long way, and you put it in a lot of different harms, harmful positions if you aren't on target with it. Right. And Trevor's just been dicing people up with those. And it's just been so fun to watch, and I just love seeing it. So, yeah. But you also mentioned the other quarterback on the other side of the ball. Right. Zach Wilson, who took his first start last week in quite some time since Mike White was out with a rib injury, who Mike White will not be playing again this Thursday as well. Right. Overall, with Zach going against the Lions, what was your assumption of him actually going back underneath center, being able to be the starter, and maybe seeing if he learned something? What was your overall take on how he played last week? I thought he played decent. I thought he played decent. I thought he played better. You know, uh, I, I think him being benched, you know, him understanding, you know, what the coaching is, you know, really looking forward with him because, you know, like like we just talked about, he was picked very high, man. He wasn't the number one overall pick. But he was picked, what, was it second? It was second. He was right over, after him. <laughs> right after Trevor Lawrence. Yep. So, I mean, they're what they're expecting from him, they're, they're just not getting, you know. And they got a little bit of that in the first half, a little bit. You've seen, you know, Elijah Moore, our boy, you've seen him kind of go off a little bit in that game. Garrett Wilson, obviously, who's having a pretty solid season. 
He's he really good, bro. We hit that one on the head. On the head, bro. That was our number one wide receiver coming out. <clears throat> he, and, like with Mike White, and just even in general, he had that big bomb this last weekend. He got the DB draped all over him. No problem. I got this. He still caught it. And that, and that's that's just been all season. All season, yep. that's what he's been able to do. And he's been doing it. He's been doing it with different QBs. He's had Mike White. He's had Zach Wilson. He's had Joe Flack. I mean, just different, you know, QBs, and he's still being able to produce. But back to Zach, uh, Zach, Zach, uh, Zach White, Mike White, Zach Wilson. Zach, we're back to him. Uh, you know, like I said, the first half, I thought he looked, he looked better, you know, but he's still struggling to hit those those wide open passes, man. Those wide open. I mean, you see wide receivers and they're, they're doing their jobs. They're running the right routes. He just can't. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. What you know? What was right? A mechanical issue, and you know, you. I would. I would. I'm hoping that the coaching staff really can get that together because he has the weapons there. Now they are dealing with some injuries. Um, you know, Denzel Mims may not play because of the concussion. Man, my guy can't catch a break, bro. Just hey, like you were break. saying, bro. Hey. He's the first, the first possession. They're pinned on the goal line. Their old goal line. Zach Wilson throws a slant to Denzel, who right. gets inside leverage on on Jeff Okuda. Right? right. The ball was so bad, it was behind Jeff Okuda, who was behind Denzel Mims. <laughs> Just and then my boy get a concussion. Like what? Knocked out. Yeah. And this, you know, so um, so hopefully he's gonna be all right, man. But yeah, he's dealing with that. Obviously, Corey Davis is out. Well, he, he might be back. He might be back. Be back. Yeah, he might he actually might be, be back. out. Yep. I was just gonna say he might actually be back. So you know he might get a, he might get another weapon there. But he, my point is, is he has weapons. Zach right, Wilson has right, weapons. For sure. He just has to work on his mechanics. I guess the offensive line is banged. It's really banged up. I understand yep. that. But again, when he has the time, even when he's breaking out of the pocket, when he's breaking out of the pocket, and he has the wide receiver. The ball is just nowhere near the the wide receivers, bro. They're no. You just talked about it. Like he's throwing the ball way behind, not just the wide receivers, the DBs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it's for nobody to catch the ball. <laughs> I mean, you don't know who he's throwing to. Oh, and that freaking interception he had in the third quarter to Jerry Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Like, like well, yeah. what was that? Like, did he did he just like glitch out and just throw it to? Oh, I'm just gonna put this ball where no one is. Like, I didn't understand that at all. It's it's just yeah, you're right. It looks it looks really out of sync and out of sorts. Out of sorts, bro. Out of sorts. You know. So he he had his moments, but again, he just reverted back. To, to Zach Wilson, you know, and that's just what we've seen from him this season. And it's just really mm-hmm. unfortunate because if they had that QB, if they had that, you know, somebody that really, you know, you've seen what they were able to, what kind of team they could be with with a passer like Mike White. Just imagine if, if Zach Wilson could just, you know, turn out to be that number two overall pick that they expect him to be, as good as they expect him to be. It would be good for him to turn out to that. This this team would really, I mean, they, they – they would right now. They're not. They're they're not one of the best teams because how bad that offense is. The defense is a legit elite defense. We yeah, all know that's that. a really good unit. I mean that. Yeah, the defense is elite. So I mean, there's nothing. We know that, but they just can't put up enough points. And that's the thing. And, and the defense, the thing is, the the offense is so they're not even really running the ball that well anymore. No, and that was another thing. And at first, they was running the ball pretty well. You know, you 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 looked at it like okay, the running team can't really throw the ball that well, you know, Zach is getting by, Joe, you know, whatever. But now they're not even really running the ball that that well, efficient, and not even really giving too many attempts. So, you know, I, the offense has to get better on all levels, but it to me it truly does start with Zach Wilson. He's just not playing well, bro. He, he has to be more accurate with what we see. 
Yeah, he did have, to his credit, to not just completely dump on the guy. He had that, that uh, it was on that same drive where he hit uh, C.J. Uzama for that big TD, which, I mean, let me put it this way. He had a throw to Garrett Wilson on a corner route before that. Garrett Wilson's breaking to the sideline. Zach puts it behind him, but Garrett, being the good receiver that he is, makes a super quick adjustment, catches it effortlessly. Boom, we move into chains. Then after that, it was a really, really dope play design by uh, the young LeFleur brother, their offensive coordinator, that got T.J. Uzama loose on the right. corner route. It was pretty much like a, like a burst seven from the tight end. It's, really, it's a route you generally don't see out of the formation that they had with him just like delay releasing. And it just, he was wide open, but Zach put a little bit too much air under it and he got the touchdown, but it's like, you just want to see more. And I think even, even like on the bigger picture, like you were saying a lot, his mechanics look off. His footwork never looks consistent. He bails from clean pockets when he doesn't seem to have to. And when he gets under pressure, all bets are off. Yeah. All bets are off. And I think that's going to be a big, factor in this game going forward but to look at the Jets defensively though like you were saying another one that you actually hit on the head because Sauce was my number two but I loved him definitely thought he was a top bill take this corner very very high in the first round Sauce Garner bro that dude is I haven't made very many all pro lists this year uh just been busy for that this that or the other but right now if I was to make one he is first team all pro corner right now with Patrick Sertan too. Yeah. He is that good already, bro. Congrats. Take the victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, no, like you said, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he's a stud, bro. He's, he's a stud. We, we talked about him. We talked about how good he was even, and even if you had him number two or whatever it was, it wasn't that, you know, you didn't think he was any good or anything. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I liked, I had Stingley higher, but I was like, no, definitely take sauce top. If Stingley go four, take sauce five, you know, yeah, or something exactly, like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, uh, yeah, he, 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 he's a baller, man. He was doing this in college and it was, we just, I've talked about it early into the season. You just seen him progress, progress, progress. And I, the most, and I've said this before, the thing that I really like the most, well, not the most, I'll just say one of the things I really like is that he really, you know, you had it, his teammates was going up to him like, bro, you can't have that name. We, we haven't seen you. I know in college you was doing this, you got your name, but you got to earn that here. Yep. And that's just not, I, I know that's something simple. But rookie players sometimes don't take that lightly. They that get it gets in their head. They're not able to really, you know, it's just and then look at the look look in the look at the division they're playing in. I mean, look at the teams. They got the Josh Allen's, they got that Buffalo Bill offense, they got the Miami Dolphin offense, you know, and mm-hmm. been able to hold his own, man. And yeah, here we again, here we are, week 16, and he he's he's one of the best, if not the best right now. I, right, I mean, yes. I think he's the best right now, bro. And I'm not saying all time. I ain't, you know, for you listeners, non-listeners. <laughs> and when I say non-listeners, I mean you're listening, but you're not really listening to me. Like, he is the best as of now. You know, obviously, you know, he has a ways to go to be one of the best and the greatest and all of that. It's only his first season. But what he is displaying right now on the field, week in and week out, there's no, there's no, Jalen Ramsey for sure ain't played nothing like Sauce this season. No. I mean, he's had a major drop. We talked about that too. So, um, but that's for another, you know, that's another pod or whatever. But yeah, Sauce is balling though. Sauce is balling. The defense is elite. But yeah, he's a cornerstone of that defense. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
for sure. I also, the thing I think that makes this Jets defense so good, we talked about it earlier in the year. DJ Reed has been uh, balling on the other side of him as well. They were getting really good play out of Lamarcus Joyner at safety too, but he's been on. He's been he's been out with an injury as well. So they're trying to stream together different options back there in the secondary. But really, when you have corners like that, you have C.J. Mosley, who somehow found the fountain of youth and has been having one of his best seasons in a long time. And then you look at this pass rush, though. That's, I think, the other thing that's going to be a big key in this game against the Jaguars is yeah. this, Jets, this Jets pass rush. Yeah. You got Quinnen Williams, Carl Lawson, Jonathan Franklin Myers, and Bryce Huff. When it's third down, when it's those gotta-have-it, times where I was talking about Trevor Lawrence throwing, making those throws to the field and really going to have to put that team on his back and go win on those third and seven type of plays. Yep. Those are the four guys for the Jets that we're going to see line up and go against them. And Quentin Williams, we all know who he is. He's having a monstrous season with 11 sacks. Carl Lawson, six sack guy, the most, you know, probably he's the one that t- gets the most pass rush reps out of everybody. He's the a lot of teams try to game plan against. Jonathan Franklin Myers and Bryce Huff, though, these two guys have come in and fit in very nicely along with uh, the rookie that they got later, Johnson, the other pass rusher that they have. But Bryce Huff is the guy, to me, he only primarily plays on pass rushing situations. But that dude right now, he has three and a half sacks this year. Doesn't sound like a lot, but he's only played 150 snaps, which is just they bring this dude in on third down. So I think that's going to pay a huge dividend this weekend once this game kicks off. Another thing to swing it back to the offensive side of the ball for the Jags, I think Doug Peterson has to be worthy of some credit here. Some credit. Not all the credit, but some. Because the playmakers, they aren't all that great. We talked about you know, how they overpaid in free agency for Christian Kirk, for Zach right, Jones, right, right. et cetera. Trevor's making it work with them. The offensive line isn't great. Sure, maybe right. Doug's got away from the run a few times. I do think he really had a nice game plan of attack when they played against Dallas, being able to attack and isolate Kelvin Joseph being able to go after Anthony Barr and coverage and they can find him in advantageous positions. But over the last five games, this Jags offense has averaged 24 and a half points a game. And this is against defense like the Cowboys, just like we saw last week, the Titans, the Lions, obviously everybody's scoring on the Lions, but the Ravens and the Chiefs as well. And now they're going against the play against the Jets who are tied for the Ravens in terms of the fourth fewest points allowed per game. So if this, if the Jaguars can go ahead and notch a win here, I think that's a huge feather in their cap going forward and, and a, a big staple win both for Trevor, the Jags, and for Doug Peterson. Yep. So that's just something I'm going to be paying attention to. Jay, who you got in this game winning? How do they get there? I'm going to have to say the Jaguars, bro. I, I think this game is going to be close. I do think it's going to be close because of how good that defense is on the, on the other side, the Jets defense. We talked about it. I just think because of how good it is and the pressure that they can apply, they're going to they're gonna keep the game close. They just cannot put up no points. They got to somehow be able to – Zach Wilson, in the, just in the red zone, because they're one of the worst teams in the red zone. Again, he's going part of that. Mm-hmm. He's part of that issue. you know. And the, and the play calling, too, because like I said, they've gotten away from the run game. They have to get back to the run game. But, yeah, they, they have to be able to put up points when they get to the red zone. The three – and I mean touchdowns, not no right. three points, you know, because – this Jaguar team, although you may keep it close, I feel like they have enough, especially with Trevor Lawrence, the way he's playing. And as good as Doug Peterson is as a play caller, I think that they definitely can 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 get some touchdowns, at least a few touchdowns in this game. Um, and that could be the difference maker. 
for I sure. just don't see I don't see the Jets really putting up enough points. That that's where it comes down to. I think it's going to be a good game. This is why we chose this game to preview because of how get, how good we think it's going to be. But it's mainly the the Jaguar team of the offense the offense side versus that defensive side, and and then what what can happen because when it comes down to the Jets when it comes down to the Jets offense. Like I said, they're not they're not putting up they're not accumulating enough points. And the Jag we didn't talk about the Jaguar defense. It's not really much to talk about, but they're not terrible. You know, right. they, they can like turn over. Pass rush. It's it's all it's it's all down to that pass rush. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. They're they're not they're not terrible. They can get some turnovers when it really counts. And I mean, they're playing against Zach Wilson. I think that's I think that's a QB they definitely can get a turnover too. Yeah, he'll you know, give him an opportunity. Uh, yeah, and, and that that could be the game. That could be the game right there. And and right now it's gonna. I just think it comes down to who could put up, you know, an extra touchdown, a few more points. That's the Jaguars for me. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not even close. Um, I, the Jets' defense is elite. It's just not to the point where I think, you know, they can score on defense. They're gonna, or at least not in this game. I don't see it happening like that. Trevor Lawrence is is. Protecting the ball pretty well. I just talked about his stats. He only he's only thrown seven interceptions. That's not bad. So um, so yeah, and he just played against some some solid defenses. You know? Right. Uh, so yeah, I I got the Jaguars. Give me um, they're averaging twenty four. It's funny. Give me twenty four. Give me twenty. I think it is going to be a low scoring game. Twenty four. Give me the Jets twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Give them a, it might not even be twenty, but. <laughs> Give me 20. I think uh, it's 24 and a half over the last five weeks. That's what they've been putting up. I can't remember what their total uh, average points per game on the course of the whole season. But yeah, 24 and a half over the last five weeks. But did so against the Ravens defense, who's tied for the Jets in terms of points allowed per game. They're fourth against Dallas defense, who's the eighth fewest, and the Titans, in the, in, who are at 12. So this team's been putting up points like that against three defenses that are in the top 12. We'll see if they can do it and make a fourth on that list this week if they continue to notch 24 on the scoreboard as well. One word to the Jack, the Jaguars' defense. You're right. They're not a horrible unit, and if you're not careful and if you don't have a plan for it and if you have a quarterback like Zach Wilson who holds the ball too long, who doesn't seem to be able to navigate NFL pockets at this stage in his career, that's where you get into trouble. And this Jacksonville defense – is good at getting after quarterbacks and being able to take advantage of offensive lines that are pretty leaky, which is a situation we're in with the Jets right with the Jets right now. Yep. The Jags are sixth highest in pressure rate in the NFL. However, they get the fewest sacks out of any team within the top 10 pressure rate. So they've had some trouble finishing it. However, that hasn't kept Zach Wilson away from making mistakes, just like you were saying. He's the type of quarterback that will put the ball into harm's way. And just like we were mentioning earlier, that needless interception he had to Jerry Jacobs, I could see the, at least one of those popping up in this game. And as long as Mike White's ribs aren't good to go, he might go seek out the opinion of a, an 11th doctor. He's already sought out 10 of them. And who all said, no, you can't play, bro. Sorry. Ribs aren't good to go. So, yeah, that's hey, got to give him credit for it. Tough, tough dude. Yeah. But, yeah, I just feel like this Jaguars pass rush will be enough for their defense to be able to limit what the Jets' offense wants to do. And then while that also happens, Trevor Lawrence basically just doing what he's been doing for these last month and a half or so of this season. 
Though the one thing to also watch in this game in particular, we were talking about Sauce Garner earlier. Right. He is on the left side, the defensive left side, pretty much all the time. Pretty much all the time. So I want to see where we see Zay Jones, where Christian Kirk mostly kind of lines up in the slot. He's the move piece that goes to a different spot. I think we're just going to kind of see a lot of the plays schemed up away from that side of the field where we know that Sauce is going to be because he doesn't travel with receivers a lot of t- a lot of the time. So that's going to be something to pay attention to come Thursday night uh, or as you're listening to this tonight. So give me the Jags as well. I like that 24 score. I, I really like that. I think that sounds about right. Let me call it 24 for the Jags, and I like the Jets at about, man, 24-20 sounds pretty nice. They might not even get 20, bro. When's the last- they may not, the but last- like, you know, Something like the defense gets a like some opportunistic play and Jamal, you know, Jamal Agnew fumble or something. I don't like something I like some you know how football could just be weird yeah, like that. Where, you know, true. where it puts them like, well, they got 20 because they're in an advantageous position. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I like I like 24 20. Uh Chase is letting us know he's got the Jags as well, 20 to 16. So speaking of Chase. We are now going to slide into the fantasy chase. How you doing, bro? How's it been being an Eagles fan with only one L in that column? Feels like the best team in the NFL. Yeah, well, I guess I can't really say no. I mean, sitting over here as a Raider fan with six of them, six of them wins and eight of those losses. But it, it, it's a good time to be an Eagles fan. It really is. As I told you before the podcast, like I, I'm not, I'm not the type to go out there and start smack talking everybody about my team because as soon as I do, that's when they start losing. I've done it before. I know what happens. So I'm going to stick to what's working right now. So you've been winning. legitimately the most humble Eagle fan that I've talked to. And I probably, I think <laughs> you and me just over the course of the whole season, we talk ball all the time, obviously doing this. But uh, yeah, so, so props for that. You, you have a more Corday, Corday louder than you did, you know, yeah, he, <laughs> five times yeah. more louder than you. Hey, if Corday was on right now, he'd be like, yeah, that's right, baby. You know, you, you <laughs> him. <laughs> he sure would. It, uh, you I'm know, good. like I, I have people at work and all that. Like when I go into the office, they will like talk crap and everything like that. It's like, oh, they're like, oh, well, you lost to the to the Redskins. I was like, you know, we may have lost the Redskins, but we're still the best team in the NFL. And I just like stay, say it calm and all that. And like they they want to smack talk, but the thing is, is if if you don't give them nothing to bite on, they can't. And you know, the record speaks more than what I can say. So it is what it is. Yes, the 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 path of the wise man, the high road. Yes, I, I like it very much. Uh, to put people on their own path to uh, wise fantasy outcomes, we will start with the start and the sits for this week. Uh, we'll, of course, kick it off with that quarterback position, and we'll go with the starts. Who are you looking at? So I do want to kind of touch on one thing before that. Sure. Weather games, guys. You know, I, obviously we've seen the last few weeks. I, I wasn't able to come on last week, but – We've seen, you know, snow, temperatures starting to drop. These are all things, and winds are going to start picking up. These are all things you're going to start paying attention to these last two, three weeks of this, or last two weeks for most teams, hopefully, or most leagues. Hopefully you're not playing week 18, but week 16 and 17. Uh, Chicago, minus 11 this week. Uh, KC, it's going to be minus 6 with the wind chill there. Cleveland, minus 9. Tennessee, 5 degrees. Baltimore, 7 degrees. And Pittsburgh, minus 4 degrees. These are going to be some really cold games. I imagine some of these we're going to see lower passing uh, opportunities, and we might see uptick in rushing. But with that said, I still think the game script and it's going to be a good bounce-back game for Geno Smith at Kansas City. 
They're allowing 23 points per game to the quarterback position. I I really just think that's going to be a great play this week, especially if you're you know a Hurts owner. You're trying to figure out who to start. Uh, you got Dak Prescott with a bad matchup. He's thrown seven interceptions this uh, in the last uh, three weeks or last four weeks. So I mean, there's a lot of stress in these last couple weeks of the playoffs, or you know. So you got to really, really dig deep and figure out what your best options are because you can't afford to have a bad week right now. For sure, for sure. I like the Geno play there. It kind of makes sense. I think that those, uh, the, the especially Trent McDuffie, you know, smaller DB. If you ever get him matched up on DK, and then of course Tyler Lockett. We all know he's he's able to get loose against he's a out. lot of secondaries. I believe he's not he's playing. Out, I believe so. I'll double check, but I believe he's out this week. Oh, he actually had okay the broken thumb. Yep. Yep. So you, it might be like DFS play for like a uh, you know a streamer, but Marquise Goodwin could you know be somebody to look at. He's got that speed too. He's, he's definitely got that element to his game. So uh, it's possible to return week seventeen. He'll be out week sixteen. Out sixteen. Okay. Turn seventeen. It is crazy so, to say we are in the week sixteen preview, but it is it, about to be Christmas, so it makes sense. It's flown by. It really yeah, has. It really has, bro. For sure. Bye. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Just a few more games if, you know, your team isn't in the playoffs. Just a few more games to watch them until you got to wait till the next season. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And then moving uh, on to the sit, I already sure. mentioned it. Dak Prescott versus Philadelphia. Philadelphia, we've talked about before, they're leading the league in sacks. Uh, they're at 55 sacks uh, on the season through 14 weeks, which is amazing, or 14 games. Uh, and then on top of that, Dak, since week seven, is leading the league in interceptions. And in the past four weeks, as I just mentioned, has seven interceptions. Uh, it's He may be putting up, you know, touchdowns and everything like that. But when you're, you know, getting minus roughly four points every week just off of turnovers, that's not very conducive to something I want to start. In fact, in one league, I actually have Hertz and I have uh, Dak. And if Hertz is out, I may be looking to the waiver for a streamer I'll touch on later. Okay. Okay, I like the tease. I like the tease very much. And that, I mean, that makes sense. He's, I mean, though Dallas fans will tell you, and I, I got to agree with them, Dallas fans will tell you that that game-winning pick six was not on his, was not on him, but it's the accumulation of how often he has been throwing it to the other team that is concerning at this point in the fantasy Th- season. That may not be on his, but the other six interceptions, the other six, there, right. there's a trend going on, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if he's going to turn over the ball two times a, a week, I mean, just under two times a week, there's something concerning, okay? Sure. So I I don't know what the correlation is, and those have been in pretty favorable matchups. This is not a favorable matchup. Yes, indeed. That's very, very true. It's very, very true. And he's not just saying that being an Eagles fan, y'all. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> uh, uh, as far as the running back position, who are you firing up this week? I'm actually going to go back to that Kansas City game. You got to go with Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's going to be a great start. Seattle is getting shredded by running backs. And on it's like I mentioned before, it's going to be a cold game. I I, I think Kansas City is going to get up and they're going to try to run the ball. And I think the game scripts favors, favors him very well. I know McKinnon has been the guy the past few weeks, but if you look at those games, those have been like no one expected McKinnon to be the guy last week versus Houston. Houston's defense stepped up in a tough matchup. And it was a good game script for McKinnon because he had to get involved in the passing game. Same thing with Denver. I think the same thing applies to the Denver game too. Correct. Yep. Who are you sitting in the RB spot? Man, RBs this year, it's it's kind of hard to sit anybody if they're healthy. But Deontay Foreman was on a 
on a run. He's been doing good, but last week, kind of, you're scratching your head. And then on top of that, surprisingly, Detroit, over the last four weeks, is only allowing eight points per game to the running backs. So I'm I'm sitting him. And then Latavius Murray at the Rams. I, I, I got to sit him. Don't chase the points. I, I don't think it's going to be a good game. I'm just, I, I feel like that game's going to be extremely low scoring, and I don't see him scoring a touchdown. I, I feel like it's going to be a field goal fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can see that too. Pass catcher wise, a lot of receivers out there. Who are you really looking to start this week? This is actually a situation that I came across, and it's going to be my start and sit kind of going in, into here. But it's a situation that I've actually came across in one of my own leagues that I'm like, do I start this player or do I sit this player? And I've gone back and forth looking at the data. I'm going to be starting DJ Moore versus Detroit. I know DJ Moore has been extremely inconsistent, but since Sam Darnold's been back, at least he put up zero points one week, but the other two weeks he put up 18 points and 20 points. And those two weeks that he did that, he was averaging 31 or he had a 31% target share and a 33% target share. And last week alone, he had two deep targets and one red zone target, got that touchdown. I think, Sam Darnold's going to be able to get DJ Moore back to what he was last year, which is, you know, a solid mid to high end wide receiver too. I'm starting him. I'm locking him in on the flip side. I got to sit Christian Kirk. He has been way too inconsistent in tough matchups. And as you all were just talking about with the jets game, I I'm not, like I said, I'm not too worried about sauce because Kirk is going to be lining up in the slot, but they've been shutting down wide receivers all over the place. Just across the board. yeah. Yeah. So, but Kirk has just been too inconsistent in those tough matchups. You know, he may get, you know, six to 10 targets, but in those tough matchups, he's averaging, I think, nine points per game in against defenses that rank top 12 versus the wide receiver position. I I can't risk starting that, especially in my high end league that I have him in. I, I just, I'm, it feels gross, but I'm going DJ more over Christian Kirk. With how they've been, like, a lot of Regency bias, but that's where I'm going at with that. I mean, it it doesn't sound as gross when you think about those two receivers, just their talent and their skill set. It makes sense. You know what I mean? But Christian Kirk was killing it to start the year. He was. DJ Moore was. DJ Moore was everybody's, why did I draft this guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But if you just, if you think, you know, we all know how it's never, you know, but if you think about the talent of those receivers, when you take all of their career into consideration, the skill sets they both bring to the table, I think we would all say DJ Moore is a oh, better 100%. receiver easily than Christian Kirk. So go back to what you know. I know to everybody listening, like, I'm not trusting DJ Moore with nothing this year. He messed me up. I took him in the third round, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that. So not tight ends. I agree. <laughs> tight ends. Tight Because I took him in the third round in one, in one draft, and that's why I'm not in any of my goddamn playoffs. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you drafted DJ Moore. Nothing else. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, it's just it's DJ's fault. That's it. Um, uh, tight end. Who are we starting? You got to go with Evan Ingram at the Jets. Jets are actually middle of the road versus the tight end. They've been a little bit worse the last couple weeks. Uh, as I mentioned, they shut down wide receivers. Uh, Evan Ingram, though, I'm not so worried about the matchup, but just what he's been doing over the last three weeks. He has 14 or more fantasy points in each of the last three weeks, one of them having that big boom week of about 38 points. And during that time period, he's also leading the team in targets with 32 targets over three weeks. Really? I had I did not know that. 
You would like I, like he had fifteen targets one week, ten another, and seven uh, three weeks ago. And during that time period, no no other wide receiver or no other receiver on their team has hit double digit targets more than once. Damn, that is crazy. So, I had no idea. It, like you wouldn't think it, but it's just especially with the way Zay Jones did it. But I think he only had uh, he had ten targets this week, I believe, for six receptions, and, and wound three up of being them, every other one of them touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah. What was it? He had, I think I saw the stat, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chase, or you too, Jay, because someone said there's a stat on Twitter that was talking about Zay Jones had more touchdowns against the Cowboys than he did when he was a Raider for his whole entire time he was a Raider. I, <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but I, I, I can figure it out real quick. Give me a second. He stood out with the Raiders. First he got, yeah, the Raiders is what got him the deal. He had a lot of, he had like, I think he had like his first string of 100 yard games with us. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know if he had more than what. No, he probably uh, did. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll say this. I don't over think three he years. did. I don't think he did. But like we were saying, his, his, that, that Raiders season got him the contract he got. So, with that for guy. sure. For sure. For sure. 20, 2019. With the Raiders in Oakland, zero touchdowns. 2020, one touchdown. 2021, one touchdown. Yep. He had more touchdowns against the Cowboys than he did in, in one game. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, was, what was his statistics? It was that he only had one with the Raiders? No, no, no. So no. his first year with us, he didn't have any TDs. He got grabs. He got yards. Then his next right. year with us, he had one touchdown. Then last season, he only had one other touchdown. Just touchdowns. Not yards or and grabs. He had, and he had three touchdowns. versus Dallas this past week. Hmm. His best year with the Raiders was 70 targets, 47 receptions, 546 yards, and the one touchdown. Because I know he had the one – I mean, because if you go back and think about that one when um, – actually, last year – I don't know. It just seemed like he had more last year than one. He had that one versus the Ravens in week one. And then he had one in the postseason. That's what I'm – oh, okay. So maybe it's just – Yeah, right. one in okay. the postseason. Okay, yeah. Okay. So he still – but still, that would be three touchdowns. Right, right, right. Over okay. the course of three seasons. Okay. Well, God, he had rough. yards and grabs. But, yeah, it's just three touchdowns in one game. But then three – anyway, it, 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 just, it, it was funny. It, it sounds funny for sure. Yeah, but just let people know he started – look, the, the, <laughs> what he did with the Raiders, that three touchdowns and those yards and everything else got him the contract with the Jaguars. Exactly. 100%. Okay. His yards weren't even that good. Like 546 hey. yards. Hey, there's a reason why we didn't give him the money. There's a reason why we didn't do it. The Jaguars thought so. The Jaguars thought so. You see the contract they gave him. The Jaguars were the only ones that thought so. The Jaguars were on an island sitting there, man, if we could just get Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Do we have enough money? I don't know. Is 100 they, enough? They all better than ours at times, at a lot of times. So That's true. Hey. Oh my That's God. true. Like, and what's you know, let's look at his stats this year. I'm sorry, I'm digressing too much. Okay, so he has performed much better this year. His catch percentage is extremely up. He's at a 70, roughly a 70% catch percentage, where last year he was barely over 50. Uh, and then his yards, he's still averaging same yards per catch. Well, just about a little bit less 11.62 last year, 10.32 this year, which is pretty much his career average is right around like 11 to 12. So, yeah. okay. That's so crazy that we just <laughs> spent so much time Zay on Zay Jones. Anyway, the, the Zay Jones, the Zay Jones. Okay. Yeah, uh, we still get – so you wanted to start uh, Evan Ingram I mean, at the tight end, which I like it. That target share is is nasty. I didn't know it was that high. Uh, who are we sitting at the tight end spot? Dallas Goddard versus Dallas or at Dallas. Uh, 
second best team versus tight ends. Dallas is coming off the IR at this point. If Hurts starts, I still don't think Goddard is going to be heavily involved. He's been doing really well targeting, you know, Smitty and AJ Brown. And then on top of that, if Minshew starts, I don't know what to expect. So I, I would rather just err on the side of the caution. I would actually stream other wide receivers when we get into the streaming section or other tight ends than Goddard at this point. Some that may be much lower than you would think I would go. Okay, that makes sense. But here we go as we move into the streamer portions this week. As far as options that you want to look at on the waiver wire that people could maybe look to plug into their lineups, what are some guys people could use in their lineups that would be available as streamers this week? You can go on ahead and dust off your shoulders because I'm putting in Derek Carr at Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, okay. You okay. know, I, I understand he's been kind of wishy-washy, but, and again, I'm trying, some of my, in the league that I'm looking to start him at, I just need to be, have a safe lineup. I have, you know, good wide receivers, good running backs, good tight end. Everything's there, but I may be without Hertz or Dak, depending on where I go. I don't trust Dak this week. I wasn't even big on Hertz this week, but if Hertz is out, I like Derek Carr at Pittsburgh. Uh, versus bottom ten or bottom fifteen defenses versus the quarterback, he's averaging seventeen or more points uh, in fantasy leagues, and I just I feel like that is a very safe option, especially with how volatile the quarterback position's been this year. Uh, there's a couple other that others I was looking at, like Deshaun Watson. I know he's been rough, but I feel like this is just one of those games he might blow up on this uh, this week. So I'm looking at him as well, but I, I I'm leaning towards Carr. I feel like he's the safer option. Watson may have the higher ceiling, but I feel like Carr I can get in there, and I he can give me an easy 21 points, especially with the way Pittsburgh is trying to win games. I feel like Carr is gonna have to elevate his play, having Waller back and Devon and playing obviously with Devonte Adams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Renfro too was activated last week. He wasn't a huge part of the offense, but you know as he's continues to get back into the fold that could also help prospects of car fantasy wise as well him and dear for sure so you're just validating everything that i was looking at so <laughs> oh yeah, yeah man we here we here to big you up when you talk about a raider on this segment we oh, here to do that, that. Yep. yep yep any other uh positions that people may want to try to look to find someone that maybe a lot of people don't have their eye on tight end streamer goes uh i'm gonna butcher the name okay Chigawazim, uh Okonwo. Chickaconquo. There you go. Chickaconquo. <laughs> I tried giving him my best best go. Yeah, he goes uh, by he just goes by Chick Chickaconquo. Right. But 10 plus points in three straight weeks. Uh he's has 14 receptions on 16 targets during that time period. It's not a heavy amount of volume, but I imagine this game would be, you know, Houston's gonna focus everything they can on Henry. Henry's gonna run all over them. But what passing options do happen, I think it's going to go to Chick. You know, okay. I feel like five targets, four or five receptions, I feel like pretty locked, you know, about 50, 50 receiving yards, possibility of a touchdown. I feel like that's a great streaming option. Uh, he's actually one that I looked at for daily fantasy as well, just because of how, you know, low, how cheap he is. You know, mm -hmm. if you can slide in 10 points at tight end, you know, as we talked about all year, that's probably one of the safest options you can do right now. Then uh, running back, maybe you have Jonathan Taylor, you're out. If Zach Moss is available, I think you should go get Zach Moss over Deion Jackson. One, Deion Jackson fumbled last week. Two, 
Chef Saturday has made it a point to show that he doesn't care who did what in the old regime. He is going to go with what he believes is the philosophy. And right now, it's he wants to be ugly in the trenches. And Deion Jackson is not a trench-type running back where Zach Moss is going to be that bruiser. He mm-hmm. out-snapped uh, Deion Jackson, or out-carried Deion Jackson last week, 2-1. to one. And I think Zach Moss would be, if you're if he's available on the waiver, should be your top waiver wire priority. And then on top of that, I, I think you can plug and play him. He may not get a total, a lot of targets in the reception game, but he might be up there with 18 rushes, 80 yards. Not a bad gig. Look at you. I, I, this is, sounds like you're trying to entice Jay to play fantasy because you're bringing up Zach Moss. That was his dude coming out. You're bringing up Evan Ingram. That was his dude. Talking about Derek Carr, Jay, like, man, I might want to play fantasy this week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but we will move it to this week. Speaking of fantasy, uh, daily lineup. What builds are you liking and who are you centering those builds around as well? Real quick, uh, streaming defenses, Tennessee, oh, yeah, Cle- Tennessee, Cleveland, Denver. I like all yes. their matchups. They're all 40% or lower owned uh, in leagues that I'm in. So I would imagine that it's across the board because the, the apps I use show the entire app ownership, not just here specifically. That's good. That's really good. Spreading it around across all of the leagues. <clears throat> Daily then, leagues. Yep. So main slate's going to be Saturday. Keep in mind, guys. So Yes. Main slate yeah. Saturday. Everybody listening. So as I've kind of mentioned too, Depending on what type of format I'm playing, if I'm playing like a GPP or a cash game, cash game being, you know, those, again, for those who aren't familiar, those lower amount of people coming in, maybe it's like a fixed amount of, maybe you're doing a game with 12 of your buddies versus a GPP, which is like a grand tournament where you're actually going in there facing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. So it kind of depends on where I'm going at there. But mainly for a GPP, we're all after that million dollars. I'm, I may get a little uh, like odd. So there's going to be some players that when you look at those, you always got to get something a little contrarian. As I mentioned, I'm going to go Geno Smith. His price though is five point or five thousand eight hundred on DraftKings. It's a good matchup versus Kansas City. Derrick Henry, as I told Jordan before, he's my staple in all my lineups versus Houston. Pretty much puts up 200 yards and a touch and two touchdowns. So he's 8,600. He's the second highest running back uh, value. Then I'm going Isaiah Pacheco, 5,700. Then DK Metcalf, that's going to be my stack uh, with uh, Geno Smith. He's 7,100. As I mentioned, I really like DJ Moore. And then Mark Andrews, I think, is the best tight end this week. Uh, he has a good game against, uh, or he has a matchup against Atlanta, who's not too good against the uh, tight end. You get Lamar even with Jackson Huntley, back. you like Mark. I saw that it was supposed to be Lamar. Is he Lamar's is coming it, back? What I oh, saw, man. I mean, God, I hope so. God, oh my. I mean, um, for the sake of the Ravens fans listening, I hope so. That that oh, Saturday afternoon okay, so, game. Yeah, as of right now, now, he wasn't. He didn't practice, so maybe maybe he's not going to play. So if Huntley's out, I'm going to Hawkinson. Okay, Hawkinson or Chig. That would be my two goes right there. Uh, but last I saw, Lamar was supposed to be playing. And then, yeah, I didn't check my uh, injury report today. My no, bad. as we record, everybody knows, we record on Tuesdays for our preview shows. So injury reports aren't even – I mean, we don't even get usually the official ones. But we get a little bit of a jump on it with Saturday games this week. So, yeah, keep monitoring that. 
And then Darius Slayton, I really like him. And then defense, I was left over with, you know, roughly $2,900. So I could go anywhere. Right now, I'm anywhere between Dallas and Philadelphia. I think both of them actually have, depending on if Hurts plays or not. If Hurts plays, I'm going Philadelphia at Dallas. If it's the other way around, I'll go uh, I'll go Dallas at Philly. Just because okay. I don't know how well they're going to move the ball without without the rushing ability that Hurts brings to the team. The contrarian play, Jamison Williams, 3,700. Who would, would you slide him in over Slayton at the flex? Oh, no, he's already in that lineup. That oh, lineup he's in that lineup right as well. He's actually in the lineup. That's what allowed me to be able to go get you know Andrews, but I could get a little, change it up a little bit if, obviously, Huntley's playing. Sure. So then I would look at, you know, I could actually change it up. and. Yeah, that's the other guy you could try to work in for cash purposes. Yeah, I also like uh, Donovan People Jones. He's just been the guy who has the most chemistry with Watson at this point. So, yeah. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope listening, you are still in the playoffs in a league. Hope you are still able to cash in on everything that Chase has been throwing down. I'm actually going to have to play a daily lineup this week, so so we will see. That is all for Chase. Now we are going to jump into our other two games of the week this week. Starting with one that we have talked about here on the fantasy portion a little bit that we're going to dive into from the hardcore gridiron standpoint, and that's the Eagles at the Cowboys. Nick uh, or Nick Sirianni confirmed today that Jalen Hurts has a sprained right shoulder, but it is not ruled out yet that he is going to miss this game. So, I mean, it's if you're Nick Sirianni right now, Jay, how are you kind of treating this Jalen Hurts situation? I'm being careful with it, man, because I, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a couple of things. First of all, I'm sure he would love for Jalen Hurts to get that MVP. It would make him look good. And obviously his, his you know, I mean, his QB winning MVP would just do do wonders for his career and everything. But, you know, you got to look at the bigger picture. And then you got to look at, you know, who your backup is, too. I mean, Gardner Minshew is not, you know, the, the you know, the, greatest QB or anything like that, but he's a solid backup. And I think he's somebody that can come in and actually produce in this offense the way they run the offense. Um, And he's had some success in the past as well. You know, he's had some solid success in the past and all the talent that they have around this team. I think he would be fine. You know, I, if, and, and that's my thing. I think because of the backup that you have and the, the few games that you have left, I'm sitting I'm sitting a man because it's a bigger picture. The bigger picture is you 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 want to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's everybody's dream to do if you're an NFL head coach or NFL player, whatever, coaching staff, anything dealing with the NFL of organization, you want to win the Super Bowl and you don't want to send him out there. I'm talking about Nick Sariani. You don't want to send your your main, you know, your your the player that make this offense go. You don't want to send him out there and then he ends up injuring that shoulder even more point where you know it's hard for him to really you know to 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 really play and I just think right now it's a it's a light injury it's not as bad I think going against a Cowboys team that's going to be looking to get some get back off their off their last loss when they didn't have that um I just think it's a little bit risky so if I'm Nick I'm not I'm not playing them I, I like our backup and guard and Gardner 
you have nothing really else to prove. I also think, too, it's going to be a good game with Gardner playing. I, I don't even think – even if Gardner comes in the game, I don't think the Cowboys are going to blow him out. Right. I think it's still – and I, I think because that's how well-rounded this team is, the Eagles team. I mean, the defensive side of the ball is really, really good. The offensive side of the ball is – and they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got. I think they got the best offensive line. Probably the best. Yeah, probably yeah, the best. I think so. So – I, to me, I like my chances. So I, I, I don't really I, – I get the I, – I, from from their side, I get the rivalry and I get Jalen Hurts wants to play because he also said today he's playing. So mm -hmm. I mean, his, his intentions is to play. But if I'm Nick, I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it. I like uh, – you know, there's a couple – there's a couple teams in the NFC that I could see possibly beating the Eagles. In the playoffs, but outside of that, I, I do like their role to the Super Bowl. So, um, I you know the Niners will be a tough out. We'll see how Brock continues to play over these next few weeks here. Um, the, to me, they will be the toughest. But yeah, I, I really like what the what, what where the Eagles stand right now with only one loss after the Cowboys. I think they're. Their schedule is a little bit easier. In my, yeah, in my it's not really. This is this is the game that they've circled for a while as like the test since they've the kind of solidified themselves at this spot. Yeah. Yeah, but I just think I just think at this point they only have they circled it, but they only have one loss. You right. know, I, I mean one loss. They got the Saints. They got the Saints after that, and then they have. Let me see here. Who, who else they? They have the Saints, and then they have the Giants. Giants is a rivalry team. It's going to be in Philadelphia. But, again, I, I like it. Like, say, for example, Jalen is shut down for the rest of the season. I do like Minshew in that matchup because they also mm -hmm. struggle on the offensive side of the ball if you're able to stop Barkley. So, and the Saints for sure struggle on offense. So, I, I just – I don't know. I, I, I like my chances as far as, you know, where we stand and us getting – or us, the Eagles getting about two wins out of those three. But I think they only need one to sure up the one seed. Yeah, only one. Yeah, if they, if they need if they get one win out of these next three, that sures up the number one seed. Yeah, no, I, it's only one that they need, but I think they can get two oh, out of yeah. the next three because they're that talented. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, me personally, if yeah. I'm Nick, to answer your question, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sitting them. Because I, yeah. I just don't risk it. No, I'm with you on that. And I think this goes into, and I've said this before on the show, the Eagles right now have, I think for like, you know, player to player, let's assume health is, you know, as good as it can be, especially right. since it's late December. This is the best roster in the NFL. Their offensive line right now is, to me, it's the best offensive line in, in the league. They right. haven't really had a, any injuries, like haven't had to mix and mash combos to be able to play up front. They have the number one pass blocking grade per PFF amongst all offensive lines collectively. And this offense has just been clicking first in red zone percentage. They are third and third down conversion rate and second in points per game. I mean, that all doesn't just come to a crashing halt just because Hertz doesn't play. Yeah. He's been a, a big reason. His dual threat ability, being able to get the ball to those playmakers, their ability to convert on fourth down, which is the best in the league with that escort package they got. Right. Maybe we see a little bit less of that with, with Minshew in there, you know, especially even if Hurts, let's say, he says, no, I'm good to go. I want to play. You can't keep him off. Sirianni wants to put it in the, in the hands of his quarterback to go ahead and play in a, in a very important game. Mm -hmm. 
but maybe we don't see that. But I think really if, if Minshew goes is starting this weekend, which is probably the likely case, and I'm with you on that, I would I would put Minshew in there too. If there's any sort of speculation on the health of your quarterback's shoulder, I would go that route as well. Yeah. And it's because it's not like Dallas is this team. This Dallas is good, and every time I want to start to jump into really thinking they can make some serious noise in the NFC, I'm always reminded, just like I was last week. Mike McCarthy's their head coach. <laughs> I'm just, you, know, like, you know the crazy. I like Mike McCarthy, bro. I I am not like last week reminded me, right? Like his like they're up by I can't remember how many points they were up by, mm-hmm. right? And this dude still seems to call the game as if it's not as if it's not where if it's if it's not in the position that they were currently in. There's a naivety to the way that he calls plays and the way that he doesn't necessarily adapt throughout the course of a game to be able to put his team in the best position to always win. And that's the thing. Ultimately, I know Kellen Moore calls those plays. I know he does. I know that's all that's Kellen Moore calling him, but Mike can have that statement up there at the top and be like, Hey, I want some more runs. I want to salt this away. No, no, no. What? One thing we do know about Mike McCarthy is he don't really run the ball, at least allow right. his offensive coordinators to really run. Because it was like that in Green Bay. But, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Like, that is the only thing. As I think really like, okay, let's treat this like we got a lead. Let's maybe not drop back. Like, there was a portion where they were up. I think it was a three-possession game at some point. They were up by 17 against the, against the Jags. I want to say it was 27-10. Mm-hmm. And – he comes out on first down. He want to run play action, go basically like a vertical concept. I want to say it might have even been a 989, which is two nine routes on the outside, post in the middle, like we going for it type of route. That gets sacked. So now it's second and 18. Right? Okay. All right. What does he do next play? He call another pass play. Or Kellen Moore drew up another pass. At that point, he can walk over to Kellen. Hey, hey, let, let's just burn some clock. Okay, we're behind the eight ball. We got a 17-point lead. Let's burn some clock. Nah. They throw in again, Dak in a five-step drop, play action, incomplete pass, clock stop. Now we're sitting here at an unmakeable third down. What does he do? Well, okay, well, here's what we're going to do with this, this drive. Let's maybe run a little bit of clock off just to give us some breathing room or to do something with this drive while we have this type of lead. No, we're going to throw it again. <laughs> like I just, this type of stuff, it's like, it's, 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 there's times where I will see this team as the only car in a four lane highway still pop a tire on the shoulder of the road. Like I I just, I see, I see that. And I see maybe not just this team, but Mike McCarthy in general, that is on the table with him. And like you said, that starts from sometimes not being able to utilize the run game, even though you have two very capable packs who can do that. So that's just, that's just my only hesitation with this Dallas team to really, 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 put my cards behind them as a whole defensively though i do think we're going to see two good defenses go at it this weekend in general when we're looking at philly's defense what mostly they're they're like chase has brought it before they lead the nfl in sacks 55 the first team to notch that number in 14 weeks what about just that whole entire unit makes them as good as they are in your eyes the, the sacks, bro, the, the, the getting that pressure. I, I just think the secondary is good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, 
we talk about the trenches in this on this podcast a lot. I do lean towards the offensive line, obviously over the defensive line, but when it comes down to the defense, and it's no – I love secondary players. Obviously, you know, cornerbacks, that's the position I played, safety. So, I mean, I, I, I do know something about that. But when it comes down to the trend, when you're able to get a good pass rush, bro, it makes the secondary that much better. They yeah. don't have to do as much. Now, Slay and all of them, they're, 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 they're playing really, really well. It's not like they're, they're oh, well, you know, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to slight slight them at all. I just think they're leading the league in sacks, like you mentioned, they're leading the league in sacks. And that's where it really, that's, where it starts from, bro. That is that just ultimate where it starts from. And what we're really that's why I think this Eagles team don't need to start Nick Sariani going back that they don't need to start Jalen Hurts because overall they're a really good team. We seen what that defense was able to do <clears throat> uh um was it yeah last week. We seen what the defense was able to do last week. Um, the Jaguars defense, that is. We've seen what the Jaguars defense was able to do last week versus the Cowboys. Just imagine what the Eagles defense is going to be able to do. They was able to get pressure. The Jaguars defense was able to get pressure on Dak Prescott with just with, with four. Just imagine how the Eagles is with, 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 with their four. four yeah. yeah. And then when they do send, like, like TJ Edwards is having himself a crazy season right now. Yeah. And bro. they send him on the blitz too as well. Uh, I wonder, because since, uh, who was it, Terrence Steele, the Cowboys offensive line went out. I wonder what they're going to do at the right tackle spot. Mm-hmm. And last week, what they did against the Jags, they had this, like, rotating door of Tyron Smith and Jason Peters coming in to play right tackle. Mm-hmm. And then it just, you know, I, I wonder what they're going to do now, if that's going to be kind of what they go back to, going against the defensive line like this. Because, I mean, this this – this Eagles front's going to get after you. And they really are good at getting that pressure just from all angles, honestly. And they're not a blitz heavy team. So that's the really impressive part, that's too. Just, yeah, just off the trip, just deep, just getting after them. That's what kind of defense alignment they have, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I, I think it starts there. That's what really stands out for me, you know. So I'm going to have to agree with, with Chase on there. And I think the, the stats and everything really shows that. You know, and mm-hmm. even the, the, just the play, when you watch them play, that that line is all over it, bro. I mean, even if the offensive line – and the Cowboys' offensive line is not trash. It's really not no. trash. It's actually solid. It's a, they didn't have their best week last week, but overall in this season, they've been pretty solid. They've yeah, they've been, been pretty good. You, pretty good group, yeah. So, you know, I, I just I, – I, I don't know. that That's, that's you know, that's why I think the Eagles still stand a chance in this game, even without Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, to answer your question, though, where it starts – yeah, it starts up front. Starts up front for sure. Okay, so let's assume Jalen's not playing. What's your score? Who wins and how do they do it? Man, this is why I can't wait to really watch this game regardless of Jalen. I really want Jalen to play as a fan, football right, fan. Right, yeah, because then I think it's, it's yeah. strength on strength. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but without Jalen Hurts, I'm a, I'm a edge. It's crazy because it seems like I've spoke way more about the Eagles than I have the Cowboys. Obviously, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say the Cowboys. I'm gonna give them, I'm, I'm gonna give the win to the Cowboys on this one. Very close game. 
Uh, it might sound like a shocker, but only why I'm saying that is because I do like that. I didn't really get to talk about it as much. I do like the Dallas Cowboys defense. We talked about the the, the offensive line for the uh, Eagles and how they're they're the best, one of the best in the league. But I do like that Cowboys defense overall. I do they're, like there. This is what's crazy about it. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this is what's crazy about it. We were talking about the Eagles' pass rush leading the league in sacks. Guess who's second in the NFL in sacks? Yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> that's the crazy part. Right there. But then that's what makes this battle so good. The only thing is, though, I don't really care for Calvin Joseph back there. Oh, the, the, bro, the, did you hear what Dan Quinn said today? No, Dan Quinn said today, we have an open tryouts with who is on the <laughs> roster to be the number two corner. <laughs> yeah. It, bro, that – that I don't like. That's what worry. That's what that's that right. worry me some. That do worry me some. But I do think the Cowboys offense with I mean, you got Dak, you 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 still got everybody else there. I know the offense lines, but it was a little shaky last week. But Dak is better than Gart Gardner Minshew for sure. I mean, that's, for sure. you know, you know, we know that. They have a little bit more. I think they'll edge it out because of that. But I do think it's going to be a close game, and and you know it, the crazy thing is too is that they're not going to get they'll get they need the win the Cowboys need the win I don't think the Eagles the Eagles don't really need the win I still think that they can because they got the Saints the next week and then I, I, mm-hmm. I the other game I said after that but anyway I, the Giants I, I think the Giants the Giants I do Finish think they the can come out two and one in the next three if they decide. To sit Jalen Hurts for the rest of the season, I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Though I, I don't know, I don't know. I just got a feeling it's not going to happen because of the MVP uh, running that he's in. But if that happens, I do think they'll come out pretty good team wise. Uh, but I, I think with this game here, this will be one that they'll probably lose uh, because of the offensive talent on the Cowboys. It's just got a little bit more there, so. I'm going to say the Cowboys, and I'm going to say – and it's in Dallas, right? It's, it's in, in Dallas. Dallas. Yep, it's in Dallas. Dallas. Give me 27 to 24 Eagles. I mean Cowboys. 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 If if Hurts is playing. Oh, if Hurts play, I got the Eagles, man. Okay. <laughs> I got the okay. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if Hurts play, I'll give you another score. 27-24 Cowboys if it's Minshew. So let me let me say that again. 27-24 Cowboys if Minshew is starting for the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts is playing, give me give me 33. Ooh. No, you know what? Give me 30. Give me 30. Give me 30 to 27 Eagles. Yeah, I would have to lean Dallas as well if Minshew is starting. Uh, just we've seen what Jalen Hurts' dual threat ability has brought to this offense yeah. so many times. Like, I mean, so many times in so many games where you're thinking about, you know, how Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for Philly, who's been doing a tremendous job this year, yeah. has been able to just scheme up these like partings of the Red Sea. For Jalen Hurts to have these QB keepers to run up the middle. He had one against Chicago. I want to say it was in like the second quarter or so sometime last week. And it was just like no one even touched him. He had another one, I remember, 
against that close game in Indy uh, back earlier, maybe sometime three, four weeks ago, where he just went right at the middle and no one touched him. And just also what that does for the running game when they want to get the likes of, you know, Gainwell and want to get Sanders working too. When you're able to have another quarterback who's able to move and able to even pick up those third and fourth and shorts to extend those drives, like I was talking about on those escort packages, no one does that better than Philly. Without those elements there, you're able to do some different things on defense and maybe even play a little bit more reckless because you don't have to account for the quarterback. Because what a running quarterback does in terms of changing the math for a defense is is it's huge. It it goes into and it's a factor in every single portion of a game for when you're going against an offense that has one. And that's just how important that's that's what Hertz has brought to this offense. And that's a big reason why people have him where they do in the MVP conversation, which is, you know, if not at the top number two. So but I think right now, just this Cowboys team does need this win very much so. And this is the type of win where I could see them being able to capitalize if it is Gardner Minshew on the other side who is steering the ship for Philadelphia. Philly would be okay in the grand scheme of things to lose it like we've been talking about. Right. And not that they're just going to lay down for him, but there will be enough to happen on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys that just won't be able to be surmounted and overcame by a Gardner Minshew-led offense. So I'm with you in that. We, we agree on that one very, very much so. Uh, I like, I, I still think either way, Minshew, Hertz, whoever it is, you know, Hertz Donuts or whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever, Hertz rental car, you know, whatever it ends up being. <laughs> I, I, I still want to see this Cowboys defensive front, the likes of Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons yeah. going up against the Isaac Siamalu, the Jordan Mailatas and the Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, you know, just that type of trench warfare. And if we ever do find a situation, which I'm sure we will, where you get Trayvon Diggs going against A.J. Brown and just those type of elite on elite that we're still going to be able to see in this matchup, that's going to be that's going to be dope to watch. And I want to see who's able to get the better of the other, because that's going to be basically two like all pros going at each other or two guys of that caliber squaring off against one another. But score wise, uh, yeah, let's just say without Minshew or with without Hertz, I mean, with Minshew, without Hertz. Let's say for me, score wise, I like 20, 27 Cowboys, 20, 26 Cowboys, 20 Eagles. With Jalen Hurts? With with Minshew. Oh, oh with Minshew. Okay. Let's say with Minshew. Okay. Without without uh let's say let's say Jalen Hurts is playing. Let's say Jalen Hurts is playing. Let's put the score at, and let's say he's, I think it's not only is Jalen Hurts playing, but it's Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. That's, that's the, that's another, that's a, that's a huge point. thing that's that we don't point. know. Like, yeah, he out there, but, but we'll know mm-hmm. somewhat quickly if they get into a third and short and we don't see that, you know, I've been bringing it up all night long, the escort package. If we don't see that, we'll know how right he is or is not. But that's, that's the big thing. So let's just say if he's out there, you got to assume the dude's healthy and treat him as if he's, if he's who he is. Uh, I still would say, uh, give me Philly. Um, I think 28 to like that same, like 26, 24 point range for the Cowboys as well. Okay. Yeah. Our final game this week to get to, we're going to look at 
if the playoffs started today, the playoffs started today, this would be the number two seed and number six seed matchup in the NFC. And that's the eight and five and one New York Giants traveling to Minnesota like they will be this weekend to play against the Vikings. Overall, the Vikings are coming off the heels of the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL, which was just madness, absolute bonkersness. I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on that. That would have been something for the Sunday show. Here we are to preview this game they have right now. And I want to kind of tee it up like this. It's a question that a lot of people have tabled throughout the course of this season. This Vikings team sits at 11-3. and three. There's been talk of them being the worst or, quote-unquote, the, the most trash 11-3 and three, 10 team we have ever seen. When they were 10-3 and three at halftime, shout-out to Jace Jones. My cousin asked me, is this the worst 10-3 and three team you've ever seen? And it's like, well, uh, you know, you got to think about all the teams that were 10-3. and three. Not really an exercise you can do in your head. But nonetheless, for the sake of this show, I want to do it this way. How good are the Vikings this year, in your opinion? I think the deep, well, let me see. Overall team, I think they're really good. I think they're really good. The offense is scary. You know, Kirk Cousins still, I think, scares <laughs> uh, Viking fans because of the prime time and if he can deliver in big moments and when it really counts. I, sure. I think that is always going to be in Viking fans' heads until he delivers, you know, or until he's no longer playing with the Vikings. Um, the defense, though, is to me is a little bit more concerning not a little bit more concerning than than anything else on that team. For um, sure. The defense is just not what it was. It's just, I mean, it, it wasn't even what it was when Mike Zimmer was there the last couple of years he was there. So right. um, that, to me, is the biggest concern. I think the Vikings is a really good team, though. I do think they're a really good team. Anytime you can come back, that's the biggest comeback in here. I, I know we – you know, everybody's already heard it a thousand times already. You're going to continue to hear it, you know, over the next month, but not from this show. This is just what we're just talking about. This is our first time really getting to, to, to really talk about it. That is huge, but you got to think about how many points they let up for a Colts team. A team that, that the, I, the part of it, though, the Colts <laughs> offense, though, to, to stack that 33. I know, but they one touchdown. I know. One offensive touchdown. Yeah. One. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. I, yeah, that's very true. That's, that's it's just, it was, you know, we all know how football, it can be, Water, there, yeah. there can be things like that where you allow one offensive touchdown, but then so many things go wrong. Yeah. And here the defense is, man, we only allow one touchdown, but we down 33. Like, it's just, it's just, that's, it's a weird game that can happen like that, but. I'm I'm with you 100 percent, bro. Field, yeah, the short field, just a lot of things like that starts to happen, and but just overall, when you look at the season overall, the Vikings defense, and I just like I just said, I mean, even over even when Mike Zimmer was there, the last couple of years, the defense has just not been the same. Right, it's, and was, the defense this year just looks even worse, <laughs> even worse, and through the through the whole season, even if yeah. they like, okay, yeah, you know, the offense. Only allowed one, you know, and it was some short fields. It was some defense and stuff. I get it, but just the whole season, the defense hasn't been good at all. So it, it has be, not, That's you know. True. So I, I just, but to your to your to your point though, <clears throat> that that particular game, that particular game for sure. But I just that's where that's what's lacking. That's what's lacking for the Vikings mm -hmm. right there is that. 
they just don't have a good defensive unit over there. It's just that simple. They have to rely on that offense. The offense have to put up points like that, especially if they're going against a high-scoring team. I don't look at the Colts as being a high-scoring team. Obviously, we just said how they got their points. But from here on forth, when they go against top teams, and now the Giants, now I will say this, though. I do think they're going to kind of win this game. I think this I think this game is going to be a little bit more, you know, uh, not close. <laughs> it, this is going to be more of a pull away than any of the other teams that we that we talked about. I think the Jags and the Jets is going to be close. I think the, the Eagles and the Dallas game is going to be close. I do think the Vikings will pull away um, from this because okay. – from, from the Giants because I just – I like the Giants' defense. I do yeah. Like yeah, bro. They got, they got their four dudes up front finally healthy. This was like the vision – I feel like they had, and they got them. They like the they we saw that on Sunday night. That front four with the Giants is healthy now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But I do have concern. You know how you know how Wink is, bro. And, and I like Wink Martindale as a, as a defensive coordinator. He he loves the blitz. He he loves his blitz blitz packages. But I just think that the Vikings offense can't take advantage of that at times. I, I think it's going to be times where they're going to take advantage of that. You know, and um, although they have that full, yeah, anyway, they're going to take advantage of that at times. And so I, I just think when you look at you, you seen what just what, what KJ Bourne was able to KJ Osborne, Osborne, yeah. I said Bourne Osborne, what he was able to do. I mean, he really just stood out. Now, I don't know, he's not going to have too many. I mean, there's only a few more games left anyway, but you know, he really had a breakout game. Justin Jefferson, we already know what he's able to bring. And the protection from the Vikings, if they can protect, we know what Kirk is able to do. And this is not a primetime game. So I think <laughs> that's another thing. I think, he, I think he'll be able to, you know, play his game. I just think it's a little bit too much for the Giants, man. And my concern, it's kind of similar to another another New York team, is they're scoring. One thing I will say about the Giants is they know what they want to do on offense. They yeah. not only know what they want to do. That I'll pick, look, let me tell you something. Zach Wilson, <laughs> I'll pick Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson any day, twice. Oh, you'd, you'd have to right now. <laughs> you'd have to. No, I, I would pick Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson, man. Like you, we, there, like, I'm with you 100% because we know Daniel Jones has found that, look, as a runner. I can have some success. I, I can. Exactly. I can do something. Like, this works. Bro. Like, it's weird. To, but this is where we are. He's done it all year long. Yeah. And, and you know he did it in pockets for early parts of his career, yeah. but I mean I think just Brian Dable has found the way to just you know basically MacGyver right. this offense. You remember that show MacGyver where the dude would like you know kill somebody with a Reese's peanut butter cup and a paperclip or whatever, <laughs> some right. shit like that. <laughs> like right. he's Daniel, like 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 Brian Dable is MacGyvering this offense, yeah. and one of the things he is using as MacGyver is right. Daniel Jones' ability to run, and it's working, and it's working. And it's similar, not to go back to the Jets. I know we, we already talked about them, but not to not to stay on them too too much longer. I just want to say one of the things that I brought up when we were talking about them going against the Jaguars in the next, you know, little bit here in, the, in today's game, in the Thursday night game with the Jaguars, is that it's the whole offense. Zach Wilson is a problem for sure, but they haven't found an identity yet. With the Giants? They know they want to run the ball, and they know what mm -hmm. Daniel Jones can do and what he can't do. So they're gonna they're gonna predicate that whole offense towards that. Whatever we yep. have, 
whatever they're best at, that's that's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna play, we're gonna play, do our best to play tough on defense, which they have done. But again, I, I just think I just think with, with the Vikings offense, what they were able to do, I just don't see. I just don't see. There's no way in the world the the Giants is gonna be able there's gonna be a point in this game. I, I think early in the third quarter where it they're just going to take off. They're going to take off. And if you could really focus on shutting down Saquon Barkley, my guy, coming out, you know, uh, uh, out of college, this – I just think that it's, it's dead at that point. You know, they got uh, – Wandell Robinson? I might get Wandell Robinson, yeah, the receiver. He's gone now. And, they, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit. I think we did. You know, his, his, uh, his injury – Really did hurt this this chemistry with the whole offense, I think, because Andy sure. Jones wasn't really passing the ball that much. I think for him to be able to build some type of chemistry with one of the wide receivers, and then for him to go out, I just think that really hurts this passing game a ton as well. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I, I think it's the Vikings, and now we talked about the Vikings defense. It's not that it's it's not good. It's it's not that good at all. If you're if you're Ed Donatel who's their defensive coordinator, right? And he's pivoted away from, you know, aggressive, more blitzing style like Mike Zimmer established with them. Ed Donatel has went to, they are one of the most zone-heavy teams in the league and one of the the least aggressive teams when it comes to sending extra bodies on the blitz. If you're Ed Donatel, do you, like, dial at the blitz more or do you just think it's more of, like, a personnel issue? I'm dialing. I'm dialing the blitz more because it is a personality. We don't have the some. Some of it is the players. I, right. I can't blame everything on the coordinator. Players they don't have the talent there. Right. They don't have that much talent there. And you know it's it's crazy to say because at one point it just seemed like they had all the talent over there on that defense side of the. Board. They just a lot. You know Harrison Smith is old, He's right? Old Harrison Smith is old. Lewis yeah. Seen broke his leg super early in the year. Yeah. They've been without and with Cam Bynum, Andrew Booth Jr. For whatever reason, their rookie corner, yeah. he's yeah. not on the field. He is in the field. When he is in the field, it's not all that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have to give it to Patrick Peterson. He's actually probably been their best corner, which yeah. I don't know what that says. Then, like, then Cam Dantzler on the other side. He's he's Cam Dantzler. I, I mean, it just. You, you and then I do like you know Zadarius Smith was for a time having a really good season. He seems to have cooled off, and Daniel Hunter still makes some splash play. It's just this team. It just seems like like when you watch the Rams and you watch this defense, both of them is just like yeah. You kind of know they're just going to play soft, and teams are just going to be able to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. But I think they do have. This is an easier matchup for them because they don't have to worry about this team moving the ball in the passing game. They really just have to worry about the run game. And that that could be a big task. That could be a big task for sure. But I just think it's an even bigger task for the Giants to worry about what the Vikings right. can do on that offense than it is with them. So, yeah, give me the Vikings in this one, man. Um, give me – give me 20 – give me 27. 27. Give me the Giants 20. 20. I almost want to say 23, but give me give me tw- you know what? Yeah, give me 27, 23. 27, I ain't, 23. I thought they was gonna pull away. Uh, you know what? No, nah, let me I'm gonna stick to that. I'm gonna stick to that. 
Let me revert back. Let me revert back. 27-20 Vikings. 27-20 Vikings. Okay. I like the Vikings as well. Um, primarily because I think, like, we were talking about the Giants' defense a little bit. Right. Just kind of in regards to Wink Martindale. He's this, they're blitzing more than anybody. Because I've said it before on the show, Wink can't help himself. That's just what he's got to do. Uh, and I get it. Do what you do. But the thing I wonder, and I don't expect Wink to do this just because he's never done it. In this game in particular, I would back off of the blitz a little bit. Because if you keep sending it at Kirk, right? Me and you are both guys that will sit here yeah. and like, you know, we ain't talking about Kirk being, you know, great. But we like, no, Kirk can play some ball. Like, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll both say that. Like, we've always said that. Kirk can play some ball. Right. More than what a lot of people who honestly, I think, don't watch the guy consistently enough will yeah. say they just watch the dude in prime time and then laugh. Yeah. At him. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. You don't watch the dude game in and game out year in and year out produce. You know what I mean? And it, it's again, he's he's in that he's in the top 10 quarterbacks again this season right now. He's towards the bottom, but that's what he's doing. Yeah. And I think if there's going to be points in this game where because what I've always said about Kirk. And what I like about Kirk is how he, this is how it's drawn up. He can scan and survey and process quickly. And then when it's time to get the ball out, get it to where it needs to go, he can do that well. And I think if the blitz comes and, and Wink gets in his bag and starts to get real cute and starts to get real happy, yeah. Kurt's going to recognize it and burn you with it. And then when he burns you with it, he's going to catch Justin Jefferson, who's going to make one or two dudes miss, and then we gone, yeah. right? That's the you know, and like you were talking about Kashima, like you know, KJ Osborne being there too. Adam Thielen is still capable if you got the people that you have in this secondary right now for the Giants. You don't have Adoree Jackson, or not Adoree Jackson, uh, uh, healthy. You you don't have a lot of the people that you were expecting to go into this season with in that secondary right now. And if you were to just look across the scope of that group, you got Fabian Morrow starting on one side. Adoree is. It's questionable whether or not he's going to play this week. Right. And so we'll, we'll, we'll be able to see. But, I mean, Dane Belton and Julian – I like Julian Love as a strong safety, but Cordell Flott in the slot, it's just Xavier McKinney's not going to play this week. Aaron Robinson's already been on IR for a while. Darnay Holmes will get there in the mix. Like, these aren't guys that I'm confident going against the, the playmakers that you have out there, especially when you throw TJ Hawkinson in the mix. Dalvin Cook getting out in the route going against this defense. This Giants defense is predicated on that pressure. That's where it starts. And the reason why I say if I am Wink, I would consider dropping off. Maybe, of course, still use the blitz. That's what you do. But don't be this, like, you know, blitz, 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 blitz type of happy type of guy because Kurt's going to be able to figure that out and dice you up with it. And even more so, like I was talking about earlier, they got their front four back. Kayvon Thibodeau, Azizo Jalari. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, right? We all saw Kayvon Thibodeau and what he was in that primetime game against Washington, right? He was making plays like a madman. He had the strip sack for a TD. Even beyond that, he's had 19 pressures in the last month alone, which is top 10 in the league. Seven of those are QB knockdowns, which is the second most in that exact span. Aziz Ojolari, he's had calf injuries to both legs which just really sucks because if those are bothering you, you can't drive off of, off of either foot at all. But he's healthy now. 
And in the five games that he's played, he's had four and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, like making a difference. Leonard Williams even returned Sunday against Washington, played 84% of the snaps. He's back in it. And I've been talking about Dexter Lawrence on this show pretty much since the beginning of the year because this guy has just impressed the hell out of me. Dexter Lawrence is a 350-pound defensive tackle who has played 83% of the snaps this season, has 53 pressures on the year. That is second out of all defensive tackles in the entire NFL. And now they're all healthy for the first time, really. All of them are healthy. All of them are clicking. Thibodeau's developed. Aziz Ojolari is active. And they're, they're ready to go. So that is more consideration to be able to back off the blitz and let those guys work and then just maybe drop a couple other bodies into the secondary, into the passing lanes to just help out the lack of talent that you have on the back end. Yeah. But I don't think Wink's going to do that. I, I just, I really don't. Because he, he hasn't. He's <laughs> he just hasn't. Exactly. Exactly. He's just, he can't help himself. He's like, I'm only sending four. <laughs> like he's, he's, uh, he's angry. He's just, no, no, no. Send, uh, send everybody, you know. Leave him in one. I don't care if Fabian Morrow is one-on-one with Justin Jefferson. The pass rush will get there. Well, Kirk going to dial it up, and then, you know, I already talked about that part of it. That's just what I think is going to be the biggest part of this game. The, the, and you said it too. The Vikings can light up the scoreboard in a way the Giants can't. Right? And I just, I just see that happening. So give me the Vikings in this game. I like the score to be 24-17. Twenty-four seventeen Vikings. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I I think I gave the Giants a little bit too many. I think I gave them too many points. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there there might I be a point like, where they're so worried about the run game that then Darius Slayton over the top off a of play action. There he goes. You know, yeah. something like that against that secondary where it's like, oh, he roasted Cam Bynum. Yeah, of course he did. It's Cam Bynum. You know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, it's. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a dope game. Um, it's gonna be a dope game to to check out. All of these will be this weekend. Everybody listening, remember we got a stacked Saturday slate. Of course, there are some games on Sunday, but we have a stacked Saturday slate. So just pay attention to that for your fantasy lineups. Pay attention to that for viewing your team for checking out these games that are gonna have a pretty big impact on the playoff picture, which we are only four weeks away from seeing. Pretty crazy. crazy to say. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening, have a Merry Christmas. Uh, Got to say with you, bro, while we're on the mic, very glad to be back on and doing this with y'all. I missed it immensely. Uh, glad we could get to do this again. Glad to have you back, bro. Yeah. Glad to have you back. It's good to be back. We'll catch up with y'all after this. Everybody keep it locked. SSAW. It's the Cover Zero Podcast.